I am your host, Dr. Saran Nataki. Welcome to Power 365, Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. This podcast will address topics ranging from what is a phenomenal woman? Are you enough? Community service, paying it forward, the manifestation of dreams through words and action, the power in being a woman, fashion, and much more. Stay tuned. Phenomenal. Phenomenal woman. It's Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. Hello. Welcome back to Phenomenal Woman Wednesday. So today I have an extra special guest with me, Mrs. Kiana Amos. Mrs. Kiana Amos is a very dear friend of mine. We've been friends for over 20 years, I think, (laughs) or close to it. And um, she's also a sorority sister of mine. She is a healthcare professional. She has uh, her undergraduate degree in psychobiology. She also has a master's in public health in both health services research and epidemiology, and she is currently completing her doctoral degree uh, in healthcare administration. So, and she's a wife, a mom, and a daughter-in-law. I think that's um, important to mention because I think you're a wonderful daughter-in-law. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to be my special guest today. Um, I first want to first say welcome, and then I want to ask you, you know, what does it mean to be a phenomenal woman? Um, Well, I would say a phenomenal woman is one that just carries herself in a way that's um, loving to other people, not just thinking about herself, but putting others first um and just being there i mean for me it's been being there for my family um my friends and just being the best me that i can be in spite of many of the adversities that i face in my life um and Mm -hmm. just always trying to to rise to the top but at the same time um ensuring that i'm giving back and helping others that are maybe going through the same thing that i'm going through um or have gone through um give them the encouragement to know that they can do it as well. Um, So for me, I think I would not have gotten to where I am today without other phenomenal women feeding into me, pouring over me, praying for me, um, and instilling in me the confidence that I, that I needed to to become who I am. Awesome. I love, I love your response. Being phenomenal is receiving what others have poured into you and Mm -hmm. then um, providing that reciprocity. So for other, for other women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just that. rising above, being able to just rise above um, anything that, you know, we might be facing. Mm-hmm. Adversity. Yeah. Adversity. I mean, because I always say, you know, life is not um, just an upward shot. Everyone is going to have, you know, some peaks and valleys and, um, and being able and how you ride those waves of adversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes you phenomenal. I love that. So who would you say have been the phenomenal women in your life? I think the first person is my mom. You know, she, towards the latter years of my life, you know, we, we kind of fell apart, um, drifted apart as I went into college. But I think um, that's, I think my, me mentioning her first speaks to the fact that she instilled in me so much even before um, things didn't, I guess, 
me, me mentioning her first speaks so much to the fact of what she instilled with me prior to us even drifting apart. Um, I always looked up to her and saw her as just this shining star among many stars, but she was my hero. She was my first hero. She gave me many of the uh, morals and standards that I've set for myself. And she always pushed me to, to um, challenge myself and to do more than I even thought I could do. Um, and she was always my biggest cheerleader. So um, that's the first example that I had of a phenomenal woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along my journey in life, I've met other phenomenal women that I um, had used to kind of be an example to me in different areas. So um, I, my second one, I'd say, is if I'm going through the trajectory of my life or the timeline of my life, I'd say the second one would be Dr. Luke. So she was the first woman that I saw, and I was in high school, that I saw um, get a, a doctorate um, and just be able to show that, you know, she came from, I don't want to say nothing, but, you know, she she worked very hard to get where she was, and I really looked up to her, and that was the first example that I had of, of a female, black female, um, rising above and, um, you know, attaining this, this doctorate. And I didn't know that was even possible. And Mm -hmm. then after that, throughout my life, um, my godmother, she, she was the one who took me in and just really, um, no questions asked. And I think that's phenomenal of her. She was, you know, dealing with her own issues, but she said she would, you know, take a chance on me and allow me to be part of her family and, and let me live with her. So that was another phenomenal woman that um, played a big role in my life. And um, I would say you, you would always, you know, try to give me courage, encouragement and instill in me confidence. And so looking at you, I feel like we, you know, we have similar um, experiences in life. Um, And so being able to relate to someone who was my age, that was going through some of the things I was going through or had gone through some of the things um, I was going through and being able to give me that advice because you had just either come out of it or we were in it together in certain situations mm-hmm. um, showed me that, you know, I was going to be okay and that, you know, I can too become phenomenal as well. So, you know, there's been many women along my uh, time timelines throughout my life that have contributed to my life and have been great examples of phenomenal women. Mm-hmm. at different points when I needed them too like you know it all they all kind of came at, at the right time when I needed to, to have that well first of all I want to say thank you for even um you know calling me out I'm very honored uh that you you think that highly of me because I think that way of you which is why I've invited you to be a guest mm-hmm. on my show um I um I think that also there's great honor in being able to name your mother first as, you know, your first phenomenal woman. And I love that you acknowledge that she wasn't perfect uh, because none of us are perfect. And I'm sure when our children, our daughters, they mature and they look back on their lives, they'll have um, instances of, you know, when we ourselves were not perfect and, um, and we made mistakes because we're all figuring it out as we go. But, each person, I believe, still has something phenomenal to offer. So I, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, so h- what would you say, have you adopted any of the traits that you've seen or called out in the phenomenal women in your life? Um, and even some that you may not have mentioned, because I know that that list, just knowing your circle and you know um, your family, that list can be exhaustive because you have mm-hmm. many phenomenal women. Um, 
what would be some of those characteristics that you have inherited for yourself? Um, that's a good question. So I would say for sure, just being a survivor, watching um, the women I've mentioned and even just experiencing, experiencing it for myself, figuring out how to make the best of any situation and survive and overcome. So I would have to say um, just being a survivor. So I think if, you know, I've had a lot of people say that don't know me, you know, they might just know Mm -hmm. of me or just have worked with me in certain capacities and they'll say, Oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. And I'm like, yeah, but I, that's fine. And you know, it's great to be smart, but I really feel like the word survivor is what really describes me best. And so those that know me know that that would be more of the adjective that would be, um, a best fit for me. Um, and I think that's the, that's the one important thing that I've gotten from all the women that I've uh, mentioned, plus even others that maybe I didn't mention and just even watching people in my circle. But, um, I think that's the one thing about me. I just figure I know how to make lemons out of lemonade. Um, and I've done that multiple times in my life. The other, um, characteristics is just to be a go-getter. I'm, I'm very driven and determined to, to, always just be the best me that I can be. Um, and I think part of that comes from my experiences and just learning that um, I I always told myself I didn't want my children to experience some of the things that I experienced. And so I have gone above and beyond, I feel um, sometimes to the point of ex- exhaustion, just trying to to make things happen so that they don't have to ever feel as though they're going without or that they're experiencing anything close to what I've experienced or feeling as though they don't have or not have the opportunity to have something. So, um, um, the other thing I feel, uh, the trait that I feel I have is just being able to, um, love everyone. I feel like, um, growing up, I had a lot of judgment put against me, um, because of maybe some of the issues that I've gone through, not being able to have certain things and experience certain things. But, um, I feel like a lot of people, um, may have judged me. So I, I'm, and I'm still learning this, but being able to be non-judgmental and to love on everyone and see people for who they really are and love them in spite of whatever it is that, that, you know, their faults are, whatever they might be going through and just being able to, to help them and help them become great people as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, um, I I think the characteristics that you used to describe yourself are spot on, especially in terms of being a survivor, because I've, I've watched you, I've watched you mature into this woman. Um, and when, even when you, you, you first entered my life, um, I watched you just go, you know, you were very determined. You weren't, there was never, um, and at least from my interpretation, there was never any question about whether you were going to be successful. It was about when you get there, you know, it was always, that's always how it was. You were like, when I get there, when I do this, I'm going to do this, I'm doing this and you would do it. Like you, you would just, you know, full steam ahead. Yeah. And, um, I think that, um, when you talk about being, you know, a survivor and really providing for your children. The one thing that I think that um, I think we even both share is just having a very strong work ethic. Like you've said, you know, working to exhaustion almost, um, or or not almost, but working <laughs> to exhaustion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and you know, I've had 
plenty of conversations about how to, um, you know, get balance in your life. And we've had to bounce it back and forth and like kind of throw that ball back and forth um, because we both found ourselves in that position. But I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, why, what is your motivation to work so hard? You, t- you touched upon it in terms of uh, talking about how you, you want your children to not have experience um, with some of the experiences that you had growing up with, um, you know, maybe times when there may have been a lack or a gap in what your needs might have been. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about um, about that, I, you know, in terms of what specifically those experiences might have been? Mm-hmm. Oh, that I've experienced as a kid? Or that mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yes. So at the age of, I want to say I was in ninth grade. Uh, no, I was in 10th grade. Um, and so my mother, she um, found, you know, she was stressed out. She was going through a divorce. And so she found herself on drugs. Um, and I, I'm an only child from my mom. And so it was just my mother and I. Um, and there were times when, you know, she would either use the money to, to purchase drugs or do what she was doing. Um, and we would not have electricity. And I'd have to come home to uh, an apartment with no electricity um, and light a candle. My mom wouldn't even be home. I wouldn't know where she was. Um, mm. I'd come home, no electricity. I'd sit there. And then when nighttime, I tried to do as much homework as I could. And then when nighttime came, um, I would light a candle and try to, you know, finish the rest of my my work. Um, there were times when I would count pennies um, out of the drawer to go to Taco Bell and get a taco to eat for, for dinner when my mom wasn't around. Um, and then the funny thing is I would go to school, you know, I was on the cheer squad. I eventually became the, our drill team. I was eventually the captain of the drill team or co-captain um, in my senior year, but I would go to school and no one would know that I was experienced. I would like have this, you know, mask on when I was at school. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty, you know, well-known and so I'm popular. So no one would know on the outside by looking at me that I was going through all of this and I kept it pretty, you know, hidden that my in, inside and in, in, in my, in my world, my internal world was just like falling apart. Um, and at that point we ended up losing our apartment, getting evicted, um, pretty much lost all of the childhood memories I had in terms of like my baby book and just everything, um, was thrown out on the street, literally on the sidewalk. Um, and went from like my best friend's house at the time, lived with her for a little bit, and then eventually um, lived with my dad for a little bit. And then my godmother, the one who I mentioned, um, took me in and allowed me to live with her so that I could finish high school. And that was, I told myself, God, just, I, you know, I told God, just get me through this so that I can get to college and, and make a better life for myself and set myself up for my you know, my children to come, that they would have a better life. So mm-hmm. I worked hard. Um, those are just some of the things I went through in high school, but um, eventually graduating the 4.2 and, you know, getting to UCLA um, and into some other schools, but I chose UCLA and went there. And I think that was the first time that I truly felt like, okay, this is my time to make my mark and to, and to make this shift into being to providing a better life for myself and my, my future to come. And so that was where I felt like, okay, this is where it starts. Now I like my clean slate. Um, Mm -hmm. And throughout my time at UCLA, I, you know, I, it was, it was difficult for me. I didn't have a lot of family per se, but um, you know, I made it through. And um, so I think that's what motivates me. I don't want my children to feel as though 
they're, they're going without or they have to suffer or um, be these false people. And so I want them to be able to experience the things that I wasn't able to experience and also not have the weight of the world on them. I want mm-hmm. them to be able to go to school and live their life and not have to feel as though they have to be a child, but also an adult at the same time. And that's what I felt I had to do. I felt like yeah. I was a child, but living like an adult because I had to, you know, take care of myself as an adult. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I've heard this story from you before, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> each time it really just touches me because, you know, um, I can take myself there. You know, um, because it just highlights how phenomenal you really are. And um, while I didn't have that exact experience, I did have the experience of having to compartmentalize, which is what you were describing, you know, having to compartmentalize. You have these issues happening at home and they're pretty severe. But then when you show up at school, you're there, you're ready to perform, you're, you know, able to be all in. And that is an astounding quality to be able to um, be able to, in the face of (laughs) adversity, you know, shut off the, the mechanism that would make you just kind of crumble. Yeah. And rise above, you know, to motivate you, to make you ascend, you know, um, and then, you know, moving on and uh, attending UCLA and, and, and everything else that came thereafter. Um, there's, you know, I always say um, for myself, and I, I believe it's true for you, like you have the, per- you, you, you see it at the time when you're going through it, like it's this, um, you know, you feel like, you know, why me? You know, why do I have to, you know, why am I, why am I chosen to have to deal with these hurdles? Right. But they, it produces someone who has had the perfect training ground yeah. <laughs> for life's adversity. Like, you know, when the, when the hurdles start to pop up and those boulders start to roll, you know exactly how to tuck and roll, leap over, <laughs> you know, move to the side, you yeah. know, put the, put the sack on your back and like, mm-hmm. you know, you know exactly what to do. You're like, Oh, I seen this before. Let me just, you know, we're going to do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you. And thank you for being so vulnerable, you know, to share that. Um, you also mentioned, you know, how, you know, you are, basically designing a life for your children where they don't have to experience what you experience. And so um, I believe it was Oprah, you know, who said um, we rehearse or we um, nurture our inner child through our adulthood. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that, you know, in every, almost every case I've, I've seen that to be true, you know, where um, like for me, it's vacations. You know, I'm. <laughs> everybody yeah. knows I'm always planning the vacation. Like, okay, we're going. We're going. We're going on vacation. Right, you know, right, right. For me, it's a big deal because I used to watch on you know, like people be taking these vacations, and you know, my family really we couldn't vacation mm-hmm. so much because my mom was just uncomfortable with you know that kind of thing, and right. and so um, I always felt limited. Now, maybe if she didn't have the the she didn't verbalize that she was uncomfortable and we didn't go. I might not feel so strongly, but I think because I knew that we were not going to ever go (laughs) because (laughs) it was like, I'm going on vacation, Mm -hmm. you know, when I get a chance to. So, so, um, yeah, I can certainly, you know, appreciate, you know, how that 
that shapes you. What would you say, um, how do you want your children to experience you um, uh, as a mom, as a woman? You know, um, for example, uh, I see myself a certain way. And then um, there's times when <laughs> there are times when, uh, you know, my kids will send me memes of certain, you know, certain memes. And I look at the meme and I have to laugh at myself because I'm like, that's not how I quite designed myself <laughs> to mm-hmm. be. But mm-hmm. I can. But it's true. Like, I'm I'm this way. Like, you know, that's funny. I, I have done that, you know. So right, how, right, right. how do you want them to experience you? It's funny you ask that because they... Okay, so let me just go back to the point where we were talking about being a hard worker and to mm-hmm. the point of exhaustion. Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, wow, I do work a lot or I do, you know, and I try to make time for everybody and everything that I have going on. But um, it's funny how you never know, you don't always know how your kids are perceiving you or how they're taking what you're doing or even if they're appreciating, you know. Yeah what you're doing for them behind the scenes or what you're doing for them that they can see or just the lessons that you're trying to give them. And, um, I think it was either, I can't remember. It was either. So let me just say, I've some, sometimes gotten criticized for, for doing too much or for working too hard or, um, maybe not always, um, seeming as though I was putting them first, but in my mind, I feel like I was because I'm like, I'm trying to do all these things so that they can have, Mm-hmm. A, a better life and have, you know, experience the things that I didn't get to experience and not have to worry about money and, or they're not, buying, not having to find money for tacos, find money for, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I am putting them first. This is, you know, this is my way of putting them first and not to say that I don't love on them and we don't take vacations and I don't hang out with them and spend, you know, time with them. That's not, but, you know, I think everybody expresses or it shows their love and affection in different ways. And yeah. for me, this is the way I'm showing my family, like, this is my contribution because it's, and it's directly related to my experience. But, um, you know, I don't, can't remember if it was in their senior year, the twins, their senior year or um, freshman in college. I can't remember, but they actually came to me and they said, we see you, we see how you work very hard and um, for us and you, we appreciate you so much for all that you do for our family. and." Um, they thanked me for being that way because that's how they see me. And, um, you know, they're like, you're a true queen. You're, you're just a queen in our mm-hmm. eyes. But they, they thanked me for all the hard work and they said that, um, that's how they want to be. So it's funny how they, mm-hmm. they see me that way, which is, um, maybe, maybe taken negative by some people, but my kids have actually see it as a positive. And as they've grown up, they've actually come to realize that that's, how they want to be as well. They want to work hard and they want to, um, to, to, you know, just be able to provide for their kids and they, they appreciate it now. Um, but you know, sometimes they say you're always on the computer always, you know, but now they're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. that was a good thing that you were that way. But, um, I think they also, they send me memes too. They say I over-exaggerate and, <laughs> you know, you, you always go from, you know, all the way to the left. If I say, if they say one thing, I'm already on, you know, number 10. Like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're just taking it too far, you know? So they do see me um, in that way, which is true. It is how I am. Um, but, you know, well, that's me. But, um, yeah, I, I do want them to, to, to learn from me or see in me just the, the hard work ethic and just being able to, 
be everything. I feel like I can do it all. Like, I feel like I, I want to go jump out the, out the sky on an airplane and I'm going to do it. Like, I can't, nobody yeah. tell me I can't do anything. Yeah. Well, that's I the feel, can. right? If they say you can't. Oh yeah. Don't, don't ever say I can't because I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I'm going to do it 10 this. times in your face. So you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that your kids acknowledged that, like that you were able to hear, you know, how, um, what that looks like to them, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, your hard work and, and everybody does show their love, you know, very differently. You know, some people are a lot more verbal. Um, some people are very, um, you know, touchy feely and other people are, you know, they, they, they show their love through various acts yeah. of love, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's really awesome that they are able to really appreciate who you are and want to emulate that in their own lives. Yeah. Did I answer your question though? You did. Okay. okay. <laughs> you did answer my question. So, um, you know, how do you find a balance? Because, you know, you said um, that you have a very strong work ethic and um, I happen to know, you know, that you are, you're not quote unquote Jamaican, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like the stereotypical, but, and I always thought that was like a, <laughs> pretty awesome. I don't, I don't mean to offend anyone by using that example yeah, because yeah. I always thought it was pretty awesome. Like when the people would say, Oh, you know, you're like Jamaican, you have like all these different jobs, but that's a hustler. That's somebody who's really going to get it done. And mm-hmm. so, um, <laughs> if you, cause I, and I, I believe, and that's a, a, an entirely different episode and podcast on having a diversified income because you never know what might happen, you know? So if, you know, there's um, one bucket that's not quite, you know, paying off, you have another one that's, you know, not too far behind. But anyhow, so how do you find balance in, um, you know, being a career woman, um, a wife, um, a mom, you know, um, and and for a while I know, you know, where you were greatly contributing to, um, you know, your, your father-in-law. And like, how do you find balance for yourself? And um, do you always have it right? Or do you mm-hmm. kind of weave in and out of like having that sweet spot where you're like, okay, you know, this is working or, and then, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you do that? You know, that's a good question. Cause I don't know if I know how I do that yet. Um, I think I, I try my best to do that. Um, I try to, at the beginning now this sounds real crazy, but this is, this is work, works for me. But at the beginning of the week, I kind of lay out what my week is going to look like um, because I have to do that. Otherwise, I won't have any balance and I'll mm-hmm. find myself you know, becoming overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So for me to just tell myself, oh, you're going to do, you know, just 30 minutes in the morning of meditation or you're just going to, you know, go to the spa today. You know, I have to actually write that in or mm-hmm. fit that in. Otherwise, I won't do it and I'll let something else bleed into that time. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll say, well, I didn't have time this week to do it. But if I map out my week for the week, I'm able to ensure that I'm you know, doing some of the things that make me happy, but also making sure that I'm not missing out or forgetting about the things that I have to do with the kids. So um, if it means you know, spending time with them, like on Friday evenings, if I you know, don't have much to do, I'm like, well, let's go out to eat or let, you know, just make sure mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with the kids yeah. um, on the weekends. I'm like, let's go do something pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But that's sort of how I try to find the balance or to make make time for everyone. And, you know, um, through my affiliations with other organizations that I'm in, 
if they're having like an event, I'll tell my husband, oh, this is happening on this day. Let's go do a couple, you know, go as a couple. And he'll say, mm-hmm. okay, so just trying to just make sure that I'm making time for everyone. Um, but I do find that the time that I do have for myself usually comes at night once everyone's asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm usually the last one to go to bed. Um, and that's when I'll like catch up on a show or something or, um, you know, just do something that I like to do. Um, but no, I don't always get it right. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that I'm still trying to to understand and, and figure yeah. out how to to be better at. Um, but I do nef- des- definitely recognize that it's something that has to happen. And so I think I tried it as best as I can to put, you know, like I said, steps in place or things in, uh, things in place that will help me at least try to achieve it in some way, shape or form, even if it's not optimal, um, but some kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very real answer. <laughs> I think most of us are um, always trying to figure it out because it changes and morphs. And I just want, I asked you the question because I want people to hear um, with all that you do, right? Um, people, onlookers will say, oh my gosh, you know, you're so organized and you, <laughs> <laughs> you have it all together and like your family and everything's so great. And you're like, um, you know, you, you you say thank you, mm-hmm. um, but but um, it's that training you got early on that compartmentalizing, right? So you're yeah. like, okay, I'm I'm here, and then the background you got like, like I got this to do, I got this to do. like what else I have to do after I leave here? Like, right? Kinda, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know how to be in the moment for that thing, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So yeah, and what I appreciate is that um, you know um, I, I've been able to come to you at times when you know I. And I guess this kind of um, feeds into the next question, but I've been able to come to you at times when I myself have been overwhelmed, you know, and, um, and like you mentioned, not being judgmental. Uh, I, I feel I'm able to just lay anything out there in front of you and you're not going to count it against me or um, I don't know, like I can just be, I can be flawed. Mm-hmm. And, and feel safe still. Yeah. Um, and, um, and in those moments where I've been trying to balance my time, even, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm on job number 52 and I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and we've been able to have those real conversations. So I appreciate that because it comes from a real, from real experience. Yeah. yeah. So, so how would you say, you know, how important is friendship to you? Um, I, I'd say that that's, you know, it's like everything to me. Cause I, I feel when I didn't have my family, my friends were my family. Um, yeah. those are the, that what, and I still, I consider many of my friends family, family to this day. I mean, because, and I'm not saying I don't have family, but, um, I, you know, I'm an only child. And then my relationship growing up with my dad was strained. And then my mom, you know, she, and during high school, that was, that kind of took a turn. Um, and then, you know, I have family in other states and I have some family in California too, but we're not maybe as close as I would like us to be. Um, and over time, as I've gotten older, I, you know, I've definitely forged those relationships and we've gotten better, but, um, you know, my friends are my family for the most, I mean, those, my friends have been there for me, um, through a lot of the different tribulations that I've experienced in my life. And so I, I consider them family. So I, um, I have a lot of friends, you know, well, a lot of people that I know, I have a, a handful of people I call like my true friends, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, it's very important. 
So, yeah, um, I was, I just want to tell this one story. So, um, about you and friendship. (laughs) So, uh, there was a time where, um, I I was actually at that time working on my doctorate. Right. And, um, (laughs) you, uh, we were both trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. both trying to figure it out. And by, by figure it out, I mean, like, figure out the next day, like, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> and you're like, um, I was like, well, I have this frozen chicken in the um, freezer. You know, I, I got a loaf of bread. I got, you know, and we put it together. We split, I split the food in my freezer. You gave me some of the bread. Like we had, we would work it out. Like, you know, um, um, I'd watch your kids. You'd watch my kids. And what I, <laughs> they would always come home and say, <laughs> I'm like, did you guys, you know, are you guys hungry? No, no. Auntie Kiana gave us grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I'm like, that's my girl. Like, I know she's going to figure out how to. Yeah, girl, you're going to find something. I'm going to eat in this house. A baked potato, grilled cheese sandwich, something. Yeah. Um, so, um, but no, I mean, I at the time, it was like this moment. But we both weren't living in the moment because we knew it was temporary. Right? Yeah, yeah. But we're going to get through this. And I really appreciate that we were able to be that for each other. And I know that I'm only one person. So mm-hmm. I know you've been that for other people in your life, too, you know, where you have that reciprocity and that closeness and that friendship and sisterhood. It's like it's a sisterhood as opposed to just a friendship. And right. I always I always recognize in you that friends are very important in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is an adjustment for me because when I was growing up, um, you know, like my dad would say, uh, boy, you really, you just really love these friends, don't you? Because <laughs> I, I would, I would, you know, elevate my friends. I would, you know, put them yeah. out of style. I would really like, I, it was really, they were really important in my life. And probably for the same reasons that you're mentioning now that mm-hmm. I really think about it. Um, but he would always say, uh, you don't have any friends. We're your friends. We're your only friends. Right, right. <laughs> We're yeah, your yeah, only friends mom. in life. <laughs> but um, I learned over time that there really are people who really are your friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I know that to be true about you. So yeah. thank yeah. you. Thank you for your thank friendship. You. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> really am. Okay. Well. So we have come to the the end of the interview, but I have one final question for you, and okay. it is um, unique for this time period because we are in still in a global pandemic, even though some would like to think that we are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, some I mean, well, we're we're in this pandemic, but um, you know, in some, some instances they don't want to believe it, or um, and or you know, because we've had to reopen the economy for the purpose of still having an economy, Mm -hmm. um, people are not navigating in a way that's really respecting the -hmm. pandemic. Right, 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 right. But anyhow, what do you think um, COVID is teaching us, given the fact that we all had to, you know, take that big break, that pause? We've um, even post um, the shelter in place order, where in some instances, some counties are are back in that position um Mm -hmm. but even post that with the economy now open and you know we 
many people are still working in a way that is not traditional. Like we're all kind of still at home. Mm-hmm. What do you think COVID is teaching us? I think as a, as a, as a country, as a people, I think it's teaching us that life is fragile and we need to, this has definitely caused us to slow down a little bit and reprioritize what's important. I mean, we have people losing their jobs, you know, um, just having to deal with, you know, the, having the kids at home while they're, you know, moms are working, dads are working. And, um, I think for me personally, it's just taught me to just cherish what I have. Um, we had a COVID scare in my house not too long ago. So mm-hmm. I totally freaked out and I thought about, you know, uh, everything started just coming through my, you know, in my head, like, Oh gosh, yeah. this and that. And thank God, you know, we are all okay, but just being able to, to just take time out and just be grateful for what we do have. I mean, I'm grateful to have a job. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that we have our health. Um, and just, I think it's just taught us to, to, to maybe slow down a little bit and, and reflect on what we have and, and not be in such a hurry to, um, you know, to just do all of these things, but to just maybe spend time with family. Um, although the kids do get on my nerves being in the house all the time, I cannot, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, just being able to have that time with them, because like you said before, we're so busy all the time. We don't always get that time to carve out for them. So helping us, you know, COVID's helping us to get creative and things that we might not do. We'll go on walks with the kids. We'll go to the, um, the hiking trail, the walking trail and let them take their bike. Things that we never did before Mm -hmm. because we're too busy. So I think it's just allowing us to to spend time together in different ways that we haven't been able to do before just because either we didn't think about it or we were too busy. And so we just were going on with life, you know, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, especially, you know, with, like you said, everybody's in the house and just trying to, um, there's a new kind of balance that you have to have, right? So you have, um, the way you balanced your life pre COVID. Now you have post COVID, which means like everybody's home, you're working from home. You have to figure out, especially now when school starts back, like how you're going to navigate in terms of, okay, I have to do work from this hour to this hour. I have to get the kids set up. And then I have to be able to, you know, if you have meetings, you have your own meetings, yeah. they have their meetings and you, you almost become like their personal, well, you are, you're, you're their personal assistant. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, you have, you have meeting at, <laughs> you have meeting at 10. Do you have everything right, you need? Right, 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 right. Here's no. your handouts. Here's your, here's your water, here's your paper, yeah. here's your pen. Yeah. And for me, I've always worked from, I've been working at home from home yeah. for years, but I've never had kids in the house. Mm-hmm. It was just a different experience in the beginning. Like, wait, okay, I got I have these meetings. I'm, I'm just used to being in my own lane during the day, yeah. dropping the kids off. And I have like my little routine that I do until I pick them up from school. But, you know, having them in the midst, thrown in the midst of my routine, threw my routine off. And I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm telling my husband, I, I want to go with you to work. Like, I don't want right. to be, like, can we switch? Because I'm jealous now. Before I That's used to right. be, you know, I, I love staying home. Now I'm like, no, I, I want to switch with you. You stay here. I'll go to the office. But, um, no. I think it's just been, it's been, you know, hard, but I think we're all adjusting. Um, the good thing in, in it is that it, we're not the only ones. And so that yeah. gives me um, comfort, I guess, to know that I'm not the only one experiencing this. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to talk to my colleagues about different things um, that they're doing um, and how they're getting their work done. Um, mm-hmm. Friends such as you and others, and they, they're, you know, sharing with me their, um, their plan and what, how they, you know, do things. And yeah. 
So it makes me, it gives me peace and comfort to know that, okay, I'm not the only one experiencing this. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are, but you know, we're going to get through this. It's like, you know, we've done so many other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. One thing that too, like, so my husband's working from home too now and um, you know, it's nice. It's nice. Um, it is nice. Um, and I think too, that it also gives him some insight into what really goes on around here. Right, you know, right, like, right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not just me, you know, I think when you, when you work from home, there's an assumption that you're just, you know, sitting around yeah, and lounging, um, around your lounging, taking, you know, take, well, some, some people I know do take naps. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's effective, you know. Um, but yeah, that we're <laughs> watching our um, <laughs> watching our stories, and you know, like whatever it is. I, I, stories is kind of like that's an old term. People don't watch stories. Do people still watch stories? I don't know. I think so. I only think there's like three times still. People know. They moved to re- reality TV. That's the story yeah, now. Right? That's the new story. <laughs> the real story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made, well, actually, they're made up now. I feel like it's obviously. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. But, but there's an assumption that you're not doing anything and you're just right, kind of right. h- hanging out. But um, he sees like it's actually like it's a real thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and then especially with the kids being home, it's like, um, you know, we're trying to, you know, juggle, trying to get them situated. And even through the summer, it's kind of, it's a challenge because mm-hmm. you don't want them to just, you're still working, right? Right, right. But right. they're kind of, they don't have that schedule anymore. So you don't want them to veg out on like electronics. But then I find myself being more lenient with that because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, it's all they have, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, and then they're quiet. It's keeping yeah. them occupied so I can do what I need to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I do have an agreement with, um, my, with, with Trey, our 10 year old, where he has to um, still access his iReady account mm-hmm. and he has to do like a certain number of exercises before he can have X amount of time on the, mm-hmm. I should do that. I should, whatever. We have iReady too. I should make that agreement. Too. We'll have yeah. to talk about the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, cause I'm, I'm concerned about the learning gaps because, um, you know, they've been home. Um, yeah. and it wasn't like, it was a, and not so much a learning at home can't be effective. It's just that, they were in one environment and then we immediately shifted to this other environment without really any prep. Everyone was just kind of doing it on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's all. I'm just trying to make sure that, um, you know, you know, he can, uh, he can add and subtract, you know, (laughs) when he gets out. Yeah. Uh, You know, Hey, little house on the prairie. They used to all go to the barn and have, and, um, and they turned out fine. Mm-hmm. I they think. sure did. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, well, thank you so much, Kiana, for being uh, um, my guest on on the show today. And um, I want to say, woman to woman, sister to sister, friend to friend, I'm very, very proud of you. Uh, who you have evolved to be, you know, where the direction you're headed. I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming next for you especially when you finish your degree how exciting is that so you're I'm completing excited. your dissertation <laughs> right yes yeah so finally so, whew, right around the corner i can see the light peeking through yeah so dr amos yes <laughs> dr amos i can't wait yeah hopefully um 
Well, I don't know. So depending upon when you finish, um, hopefully you'll be able to participate in some type of, um, probably not because it's very soon that you'll be finishing. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll do something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well, All right. thank you. Have a phenomenal Wednesday. Okay. Thank you for having me. Of Love course. You. Love you too. Bye. Bye. I believe that every woman gives the universe with her own strengths and unique characteristics. Simply because she is born, the universe benefits. Every woman is growing, learning, and evolving. Only positive seeds are sown here, no matter how flawed the soil. Tune in Wednesdays. Phenomenal Woman Wednesday podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You may also visit our website at www.pwwr365.com. Follow us on Instagram at pwwr365. Please be certain to rate, comment, and most importantly, subscribe. Take care.